welcome to season two of Wave Talks Fitness for Humans. We're giggling. We're having a good time because we have Luca here as our special guest for today's podcast. And Luca has a very interesting up and down kind of story about some experiences she's had recently. And she's going to tell us all about them today. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm honored. Well, let's get through the podcast before you like make any judgments about how you feel, right? She might change her mind. Yeah, you don't know if this is like a grilling podcast where we're like, what? Come on! Grr! I don't know. I'm I'm really having trouble like channeling aggression right now. So we know that your story kind of relates around Crohn's disease um, and some experiences that you had before and Mm -hmm. after and a ton during. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about what Crohn's disease is? Because I'm a little bit like hairy about the details Mm -hmm. of that. You're hairy. Sorry. I've gotten really hairy. I'm officially cousin it about it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think personally, I'm still even learning about Crohn's disease myself because when I was first diagnosed, it's not like someone sat me down and said, hey, this is what you have and like fully explained it to me. I had to do a lot of the research myself. So is this recent then? Because like... Yeah. So two years ago, I was diagnosed. So recent, but with what I've gone through in those two years, not as recent. Like, I feel like it's been quite a while now. Hmm. So... It's my diagnosis is recent, but I was I probably would have been diagnosed around five years ago. Um, so I was sick for about three years, then got diagnosed, and it's been two years since. Mm. So basically, Crohn's disease it's a um, autoimmune disease. It's chronic. Um, so it's when your immune system sends cells that attack your gut, and so that causes inflammation. Um, so my body is constantly in fight or flight where my body is attacking the gut and therefore that causes a lot of pain like um, fatigue. Uh, For me, it's abdominal pains, like extreme abdominal pains. It can go to weight loss, like ulcers, um, mouth sores, um, weight loss, like constant up and down where you gain and you lose. Um, So yeah, there's lots of other different symptoms, but uh, for me, the main one is abdominal pain, fatigue, and um, yeah, weight loss, so. Did they explain to you what causes Crohn's or is there even a Mm -hmm. cause, do they know? So it can be like genetic. Uh, So we do have um, an undiagnosed um, colitis uh, family member. Um, So that could have been passed down to me, but they're starting to realize that there's so many women in Canada that are being diagnosed with Crohn's. So I think a lot of it now is our food, um, as well as the environment that is causing Crohn's to develop um, in people. So it's uh, higher in women, but it's actually really um, sad to see how many people around my age who are now being diagnosed with mm-hmm. Crohn's or colitis. So can I ask a follow-up question to that? Mm-hmm. You, the way you just like answer that question, it sounds like it's unusual that so many people in Canada specifically mm-hmm. are getting it. Mm-hmm. So is it not happening in other, like it's not happening in Europe. It's not happening in the U S I think it's, it like is it's happening like higher in Canada. Yes. And really? I think because foods, I, I, 
don't quote me on this because I haven't done the full research, but just what I've learned through and from my doctors and stuff that like in, and when I've personally gone to Europe overseas, the food is much different there. Um, the regulations that they have in place is much different as well in like all their different types of products. When here in the States is a little bit looser, I think Canada is a little bit better than America, but. I mean, um, like it's kind yeah. of all Canadians <laughs> would say that. Yes. <laughs> so for food, just the amount of fillers that we have in a lot of food now. Mm. But um, it's even, not something that's happening in the U.S. though? Uh, I, yeah, I believe so, but okay. I don't know the numbers. I just know more I just so need to for know Canada. That, I, I just need to know that right. the U.S. is having at least the same level yeah. of problems, but, if not worse. But you'd have to imagine that the numbers might be different because their medical care is paid for. So unless you have oh, the money in order yeah. to pay to discover that you have Crohn's mm-hmm. disease, you might just suffer a really long time. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Good. Like, way to bring politics into it. Mm-hmm. Universal health care. That's what we're advocating <laughs> for, maybe. So, mm-hmm. so after two years of going through all this, do you, yeah. do you feel like an expert now that you, like you, you can help people with Crohn's disease? Bus stop expert? Sometimes I feel like an expert, but then other days I'm like, what is going on with my body? Um, and I learn so much from other people, especially like influencers on social media. That's been a huge help for me. Um, a lot of people who struggle with it themselves. Um, there's a website that's called Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Um, dot com that you can always check out and just read more about it. Um, so that's where I've learned a lot of my information as well as um, from family members and just doing a lot of digging myself. So um, question, you said social media. Mm-hmm. What kind of content or information did you get from social media mm-hmm. uh, that you didn't get from other sources about what you're dealing with? Yeah, so I follow some bloggers. Um, one person that I specifically like her name is Danielle Walker. Um, She deals with colitis herself. And actually when I was in the hospital, she was in the hospital at the same time going through the same thing as me. So I found that I could really relate to her. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of bloggers who either have Crohn's and colitis themselves or eat the same way as me and make their own recipe books. um, That's where I find a lot of information. And then a lot of people that I've just found through um, like the Gutsy Canada, um, social media platform who are also dealing with Crohn's and colitis themselves that are just regular people living regular lives. Um, I follow them and they just share kind of what they're dealing with and I think it just kind of has created a community of where you feel like okay this person like actually gets me because they're going through the exact same thing as me. Mm-hmm. So, well, And I know you spent so much time not feeling heard like, mm-hmm. like you say for those three or four years that you didn't know Mm -hmm. you had this, but we're dealing with these problems. So seeing people who are like sharing Mm -hmm. all the details about it and speaking publicly, I think is so important Mm -hmm. for, for other people to be like empowered to go and get checked out and really push Mm -hmm. for that care when maybe some healthcare providers are being a bit more dismissive. So going through this process, I found I was struggling sometimes finding like fun recipes to make that like complimented, like what, I was cooking or how I needed to feed my body. So I made my own little Instagram page to share with my friends. And um, I've actually and had with your cousin and with my cousin yeah, and my family. And I've just through making that I have found people that um, are in my social circle that have actually been diagnosed with Crohn's themselves that I didn't even know. And they've messaged mm. me being like, hey, like, 
I'm so pumped that you made this Instagram page because I feel mm. more comfortable that I can talk mm. to someone about this. That's and cool. it's kind of built connections with people that I wasn't really close with and I'm, and we're becoming closer now. So that's mm -hmm. been really cool that I've been able to be um, that outlet for someone, but also mm -hmm. that they felt comfortable to reach out to me and that we can talk about it and have that safe place to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can gather um, a list of, from you of people that you like to follow yep. that have Crohn's and colitis and post it along with the podcast. Yes. So can I ask a really dumb question? I've been trying to ask it for a while. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. No, no, no. We're all just uh, jumping in. No, no, it's good. It's good. I love it. Uh, but so we're talking about Crohn's, mm -hmm. but now you've introduced something called colitis. Mm -hmm. Huh? <laughs> so I don't know too much about colitis because I specifically have Crohn's. I just know Colitis is more in the colon. Okay. And then Crohn's is in um, the gut. Okay. So. Um, so it's like a location. Thing. Yes. It's, it's like you location. Li like if you yep. live in like Vancouver or like Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you could have Crohn's and colitis depending on the location. Oh, no. Or I don't one like that. or the other. Yeah. So no. both. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Are not fun. No. So. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't wish any of it on anyone, but mm -hmm. um, thank you. Yeah. So uh, I'm a bit curious. What was your life like before you started having mm -hmm. this problem? Like what track was your life on? I think mm -hmm. you played basketball. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? And yeah. Do you, you still play basketball sometimes, I imagine? Uh, not so much not anymore. Not so much. Okay. Yeah. So I went to university on a scholarship uh, for basketball. So I played five years throughout getting my degree. So I was training really hard, um, six days a week, um, lots of workouts, traveling, and then around in my fifth year of university was when I started feeling like something was off in my body. Yeah, five years. Um, and I remember I would be playing games and I'd be, I was a point guard, I'm on the basketball team and I'd be bringing the ball up and I'd have these extreme pains going through my stomach. And I was like, how am I supposed to be doing this? I need to like follow the play, see where people are open and I can't even focus because I'm having extreme pains. So that's when I started going to the doctor and tried uh, working on like my diet because we thought maybe it was some food sensitivities. So I cut so much out of my diet and nothing was helping. So, and I, yeah, so it was really hard to get through my fifth year of basketball season, my last year um, where I was like one of the captains and um, I wanted to enjoy my last year, have fun, but I always had, I felt like there was a rain cloud mm -hmm. hanging over me the whole time because mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So that, does that lead to, um, like when you're talking about like having that, mm -hmm. does that, like, how does that affect you mentally in terms of, mm -hmm. uh, like, not like self gaslighting, but you know what I mean? Cause like, do you think it was like all in your head? Like when you were going mm -hmm. to the doctor, mm -hmm. um, you know, what was the doctor telling you and like, what was going on mm -hmm. there for you at that so point? So I, cause, you, cause sorry, cause you were talking yeah. about this, like being like a years long process mm -hmm. where it's like, you'd mentioned you should have gotten diagnosed like five years ago, but you were yeah. only diagnosed two years yeah. ago. So there's three years of you going like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> and doctors going like, what What were doctors yeah. telling you? So I went to my family doctor and 
she was on it right away. She's been very helpful in the process. Uh, she got me an appointment with a gastroenterologist. And when you are referred by a doctor, it can take up to like six to eight months, mm -hmm. as I'm sure you guys understand, to get appointments here. Um, so by the time I got in and I got a colonoscopy, um, he said, there's nothing wrong with me that I just had IBS. So I was like, okay, so that must be it. So that's why it took so long to finally get a diagnosis because I had my colonoscopy, we did everything that we needed to do, and I got diagnosed with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. So just um, I, my stomach gets irritated very easily. Um, so we just went along with that. They said, here, take these probiotics, it will help. But nothing was helping, and so I just kind of kept trying to play around with my food um, and until eventually my body just started shutting down completely where wow. um, with Crohn's you go into flares mm -hmm. um, and that's when your symptoms like heighten, get very excessive, very painful um, and I had every symptom that someone with Crohn's would have but no doctor like could make that connection. connection. Mm. So by the time I finally got my place, I got that, uh, my, sorry, my, met the gastroenterologist, I got my, um, I diagnosed with IBS, and then a few years had passed, and then I went to my doctor, and I said, something is wrong, like, I need help, and even with my family doctor, she's so busy, it would take two weeks, sometimes three weeks to get in, so we, I just started going to a walk-in clinic, because mm -hmm. I was like, I need help. Uh, went into the hospital to emergency one day and they said, oh, nothing, everything is okay. Um, we don't see anything concerning. And then I started getting extreme hip pain. Um, so I was seeing a physiotherapist, I was going to massages, I was going to a chiropractor, and they were thinking maybe there's something with my sciatic nerve that was wrong. But and they just kept saying, you need to go to Emerge. You need to go to Emerge. So then I tried a different hospital. And basically, they told me, look, we don't really see anything that's wrong. And I said, well, can you do a scan? Can you see what's going on? As I'm basically screaming, crying in pain. Mm -hmm. And he just basically tapped me on the hip and said, go take some Advil. Which Advil is also a big thing that I've been told from my doctor that can also cause um, Crohn's. And I used to pop so much Advil in university because I'd play such high minutes and my, my body would be so sore um, that I would take an Advil to just get me through to the next game as, long, as well as therapy oh, and man. stuff. But so I don't know if that also could have been a connection to my gut. So I was really frustrated, and I remember when the doctor in emergency just told me, nothing's wrong, tap me on the hip, take, me some, give, take some Advil, I felt so defeated. That's a really like big yeah. moment for you, eh? That's a, yeah. like, that's, that's a very traumatic yeah. moment of your experience. Yeah. Holy crow, I'm sorry. Because I could barely work, I couldn't even get off the couch, I didn't know what was wrong with me, and right. I asked so many doctors for help, and nobody would help me, and I said, what do I do? So I went back into the walk-in clinic, and my mom came with me because I was like, I need someone to help advocate for me here. And my mom was very frustrated. And she just said to the doctor, what do I do? He said, if it was my daughter, you take her to Emerge and you say, we are not leaving until you figure out what's going on. So we went back in. Um, Sounds like that walk-in doctor is like mm -hmm. awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was helpful. So we went back in and... Um, 
by this point, I was around 102 pounds. So I had lost around 35 pounds in weight because I couldn't keep anything down, any food. Um, and they how did, tall are you? Sorry. I'm 5'7". Yeah. So okay. really was, light. Yeah. yeah. And for someone coming from being an athlete who were, I lifted a lot and I was gain, had a lot of muscle, um, for me to lose all that was really hard on me mentally as well mm -hmm. because my body was changing so much in ways that I was just not used to. Mm -hmm. um, so at that point, I was um, malnourished. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, so. did it, did, sorry to ask this, you can mm -hmm. tell me if you don't want to answer it, but did it feel like you were dying essentially? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if we, like I could have died, it, it did, it could have gotten to that point if we didn't start getting some nutrients into me. Mm -hmm. Well, and um, if, I mean, if you and your mom hadn't, mm -hmm fought to get you looked at like, yeah exactly so we finally went in and then once I finally got into the hospital it took about nine days to finally figure out what was going on um, we went in to ask for an MRI was what I forgot to add previously is um, I had did an MRI um, in the states and they had known what was going on but because it wasn't official uh, they wouldn't take the results um, in to be looked at. And we just told them, the doctors in the States said, something is wrong. She has an infection in her hip. Uh, she needs to get an MRI. And I asked him, I need an MRI. He said, nope, we're going to send you for every other test before an MRI, which nothing was coming back. And then finally, I remember the doctor came to me and said, I don't know what's wrong with you. And I think we have to move you to VGH. And I said, not until you send me for an MRI. And I remember just crying and begging him for it. And I remember he was so frustrated. He said, fine, I'll give you that MRI and walked out of the room. But like as if he's doing you a favor, <laughs> like. No kidding. Yeah. Especially since you'd been told previously by other doctors yeah. that you had an infection. Like mm -hmm. if a doctor to doctor is saying there's an infection, mm -hmm. you should deal with that immediately. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Don't you know that MRIs are like analogous to like the Lord of the Rings? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like you have to march to the mountain to get the, the MRI. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of work for anybody. She marched. Like, oh. she marched no, the I, I, yeah, it's uh, having having recently like gone through a thing where uh, I needed an uh, MRI. Yeah, the. They were like, okay, we'll get you in, but it's going to be at like three in the morning, and yep. you better be ready to go and like be there in twenty minutes. And I was you like. Did not eat and drink this and yeah, yeah. exactly and, and then never, and then it never happened so yeah. yeah how did you feel when you got that mri and you were right and then you got to look at that doctor yeah. after <laughs> i think i was so sick and so drained and so defeated i was so numb at this point i couldn't really feel any emotions mm. to oh, be no. honest with you i just remember going for an mri and then coming back and then all of a sudden around like 7 p.m that night a surgeon came in and said, you're going in for surgery tonight. You have an abscess that is like pressing against your sciatic nerve and oh. it's going to go into your spine if we don't deal with this tonight. Oh, that's interesting. So they were kind of right about the sciatic thing and yeah. the infection thing and yeah. they were all pieces. Yeah. And you were kind of right about her like feeling like she was dying because she was, yeah. could have yeah. been close. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. And so I remember, Ugh. and then I, since when he told me that, 
I don't remember anything after that. I remember I shut down and I think my brain has just locked it out because I was yeah. so scared. Mm-hmm. I remember he took me back to the nurse's corner and he looked at me and he said, what, do you, what you have gone through these last 10 days is not fair to you. This is not right. And I'm going to make sure that I take care of you and oh, that's really we're nice. going to make this better. And he said, I don't know what I'm going to find when we go in there. <laughs> um, so I basically went to a surgery not knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, he showed me what he was going to do. Don't remember. My mom showed me the picture he drew for me at that time. Don't remember him showing, drawing me that picture. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting for me to look back and to see how our minds are just so powerful of how I just blocked that out mm-hmm. and shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went in for surgery that night and I woke up the next morning. I remember I opened my eyes and I said, what happened to mm-hmm. me? Yeah. And okay. then it was about about a at least a year recovery for me to oh, fully wow. heal heal for that because I was so malnourished Mm -hmm. uh, my body really had trouble healing from the surgery so they removed the abscess and they removed part of my um, intestine that had a lot of inflammation Mm. and that's when he officially diagnosed me with Crohn's so I was excited it's not the right word to use but I was happy that I had a diagnosis kind of relief I was gonna say there has to be relief there yeah yeah so I knew now I can go into a doctor and say this is what I have so it's going this is happening because of this. Yeah, I and you finally can't be dismissed anymore. Like the pain mm-hmm. that you were experiencing. And I, I mean, I think, especially for you having been a pretty high level athlete, yeah. I think it would be really easy for people to say, well, it's just stress. Like you just mm-hmm. have to sleep more. You have to exercise less. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, now you have this diagnosis yeah. that you can at least lead with. So people will listen. Yes, Isn't it exactly. fun how people minimize high performance people and their stress? Yeah. <laughs> oh, or sometimes women. How people minimize yeah, that can happen women. too, yeah. Yeah, and I know I've how I've been talking has been a little bit negative about my experience with the healthcare system, but the team that I had after that of nurses and my surgeon um, was absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, he really just took me under his wing. He knew I was scared about a lot of things, so he did a lot of things himself to help calm me down and make me oh. feel more comfortable. And so I really appreciate the team that. Um, help me out after that. So that's a nice shout out. Yeah, that is a nice shout out. Yeah, good thing they made up for everything that happened. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it's funny because there there's that like aspect of self advocacy as well, mm-hmm. right? Because like you're as you guys were just talking about, you're you're, you're having that power like taken away, and like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. it's like this like almost like self gaslighting, like where they're making yep. you like question yourself and yeah. like wait, is it all in my head? Is it like yeah. you know like when you're yeah, talking should about, I just grin and bear it and suck it up? If it's well, yeah, exactly. Like all the way from like mm-hmm. the like when you're playing basketball, and I assume moving a ball from a place to another place. I don't know a lot about basketball. <laughs> um, there's a basket that sounds there's, like there's five other sports simultaneously. Yeah, so you got a ball, you're moving the ball to another place where like somebody wants the ball, but you still have the ball. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so. So is that basketball? Did I do it? Kind of. Kind of? Okay, well, there we go. You still described like five sports. But like, but, you know, you're talking about the fact that then your mind is 100% on the pain and like you have that like training of the athlete Mm -hmm. to kind of like, I assume, keep that a little bit inside and like tough it out for as long as you can. And so like how much of that in terms of like a shift from a place like that 
to where you are now? Like, is it completely different? Like, did you mm-hmm. always have those threads? Did you have to learn all of mm-hmm. that, like self-empathy, self-advocacy mm-hmm. along the way? Like, how does that work? How does that go? I think I had some of it in me as in hiding the pain. I think I, I learned how to be really good at hiding the pain because I started getting pain when I was playing. Yeah. So I learned how to hide it. I think empathy and advocacy, I definitely learned throughout the process. Um, And that's something that I want to just preach is that if anyone ever feels like something is wrong and they've been told by a doctor, anyone, oh, you're fine, you're okay, it's nothing serious, but in your gut, it's just, it's telling you, no, something is wrong, then you need to fight for yourself oh my god and that's so literal in this mm-hmm. case yeah. your gut was literal. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's, that's so important yeah and if you need to get a family member or a friend to come with you to an appointment to help fight for you so they can explain what they're seeing um bring those people with you because um yeah be, even with certain ages because i was younger i think that's why they also weren't taking me seriously um, in some ways, and even some doctors really attacked my character as well, which was really hard for me. Um, so wow, seriously, yeah. mm-hmm. like, I was really upsetting. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Like just tried to make assumptions about yes. you and yeah. that you're a certain way, and that's why you're feeling yeah. this. Like, yeah. oh, sorry, I, I need context. I like yeah. what? Like, so can can you describe mm-hmm. a time that that happened? Like, you obviously don't yeah, have to so name names. Yeah, so I remember <laughs> when I was in Emerge, they just sort of asked me, well are you sure you're not using drugs? Are you sure that's not what you're doing? Um, well, really? um, are you this skinny because you have an eating disorder? Um, well, you better eat or else I'm going to shove this feeding tube down your throat. Um, and I remember I looked like, at was him. It, was it that aggressive? Yes. Yeah, so I oh, remember wow. I looked at him and I said, no, you're not. <laughs> Good <laughs> and for that's you. when I stood up for Self myself. Self-advocacy. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, it was hard. Um, Especially when you're already so low, so. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, then from there, does that change your, like, sense of self, like, your mm-hmm. self-identity? Like, is that mm-hmm. modified kind of, like, like the you from five years ago? Yes. The, I mean, like, anybody changes over years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, like, I look at myself from five years ago and I go, oh, my God, what were you wearing? But, like, yeah. in this case, like, do you have what that, you, have that you but wearing, on the inside? Kim? Yeah. What were you wearing? Probably the exact same thing, actually, but <laughs> moving on. I think for me, what's changed most about me is that I've really learned empathy, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I've learned to not, to be careful with the questions that I ask people mm. um, or the comments that I make to people. So something that's hard for me with my journey still to this day is some days I'm going to walk in and I probably look really tired because that's part of my diagnosis. However, that day I actually feel a little bit more energized. And if I walk in somewhere and someone says, you look really tired today, I take offense to that because I was like, I actually feel okay. Like I can't help that I have some bags or I can't help that I'm maybe look tired or you look really pale today or you really look like you've lost some weight. Like you need to eat some more food. So I think just being self aware of what you say to people or the comments that you make to people because Mm. you don't know what they're going through. You don't know why they're tired. You don't know maybe why they're struggling or Mm -hmm. any of those types of things. And to just be more aware of that. And especially for you Mm -hmm. who had a lot of your identity 
kind of not wrapped up in, but I just can't think of another word, Mm -hmm. but a bit wrapped up in you being an athlete and basketball Mm -hmm. player. So you were strong. So like if, if you have somebody telling you that you look skinny, yes. When there's you a, feel good, when you're strong, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. There's that can a little really stroke of like ego, I guess, from like being a sports player. Because like anybody, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you play the sports ball. I'm really not like <laughs> yeah. doing much for myself here in terms of my like sports mm-hmm. knowledge. But, um, <laughs> but like I work in fitness industry. <laughs> there's, there's many areas yeah. of the fitness industry, Jess. It doesn't have to be all <laughs> ball sports. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah this is this is a really serious topic guys <sighs> uh but i mean there, there, there's a bit of ego in that right mm-hmm. like like when you're when you're playing high level sports you are an elite mm-hmm. that that that's what it is right like you know how many people you've beaten to be there so there has to be just a little bit of that ego even even passively yeah so like to me it's super interesting the idea mm-hmm. of, of of that like juxtaposition of yeah like like having that and then being told like oh you must be on drugs or you must have an eating yeah. disorder like for most for most any human that wasn't doing that like that would be so out of left field and so shocking and so whatever mm-hmm. but it sounds like for you it really struck a nerve yes oh wow yeah so yeah like from that place um I, I guess that leads me to ask, like, so five years ago, your life was going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, where you thought you were going five mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah. And, like, let's then, again, maybe juxtapose that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm excited. Yeah. About, like, where it's going today. Yes. So. <laughs> your eyes are so yeah. lit up. I love it. <laughs> you look more excited Tell than when more. you're talking about ball sports. Tell me more. Ball sports. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, so I think what was good for me is that I got to complete my five years of basketball. So my Crohn's didn't interrupt that, but it's definitely changed my career path. Um, so what were you in university for, for five years? So I did a bachelor's in psychology with a human services certificate. Um, so a lot of that had to do with working with youth, um, in more of the social services, youth worker outreach side of it. Uh, but I was always in it with the goal to become a police officer. I always have wanted to be a police officer. So I was like, okay, once I'm done, I'm going to get some experience outside um, with youth work, and then I'll start my training, and then I will um, apply to be a police officer. And then I was just never at the place where I could like fully train mm. to the potential that I would need to be at physically. Um, and then all of this happened, and then I've really had to come to terms with Um, A huge thing with my Crohn's is stress. That can really trigger it. Um, And policing is a very stressful job. Um, So with the shift work as well and the amount that was needed, I realized that at least right now, um, I'm not able to do that. And that was a hard thing for me to accept and come to terms with because that was sort of my dream job. Um, And then I kind of started looking into... um, border security um, and kind of to see what that would look like. And then I had to come to terms as well with the fact that, you know what, I'm not there yet right now either. So I love what I do now. I work with kids, Um, I'm a youth worker, Um, but I've definitely had to really sit down and process that. Hmm. Mm -hmm. No kidding. So 
I would <laughs> imagine that with all the changes you've gone through and like complete change in what you ended mm-hmm. up doing in career, that it probably affected some of the relationships around you mm-hmm. as well, right? Like, have did you find that you gained some people and lost some people? Yes, yep. So, like, with stress, um, I'd had to cut out some relationships that caused me a lot of stress in my life. Um, I mean, that's just good advice yeah. anyway. Like, sorry that you had to go through that yes. curve to figure that yeah. out, but, like, good. And that is a really hard thing for people and it was really hard for myself, um, I think, because I know for me personally, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, um, in our culture, I feel like we people please and we mm. want to make people happy and confrontation and conflict can be really uncomfortable. And that's something that's really uncomfortable for me. So to do that was really big step for me. Um, but it was something that I needed to do. I needed to be a little bit selfish. So I think it's really important for sometimes for people to take a step back and realize, okay, and just look at what relationships in my life are toxic and do I need to remove? And if you do need to remove that person, that is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also brought in a lot of people who were supportive. And right now I have a really supportive group of friends a very supportive family and a very supportive fiance who really help me um, and understand me and know how to support me um, and my Crohn's. And that's something I don't want it to be my identity. Yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I really learned through basketball. And my coach was really good at teaching us that basketball is not your identity. Mm. Academics are important um, because our academics are going to help us for our career. Um, so that was something I had to sit down and be like, no, Crohn's is not my identity. I am a Luca, but I do need to have supportive relationships. And yeah. Um, yeah, and just with little things like that you don't even think of, like with Crohn's um, comes IBS, where you need to go to the washroom. You can be driving and, oh, I need to go to the bathroom right now. So to have someone that knows, yep, we're pulling into this gas station right now. Not, um, not to hold it for three more hours. We've nope, got to make it to Vegas. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, and so uh, a little bit, I, if I could share this, a funny story is my fiance course, for my birthday last year, he made me a portable toilet. So when we go camping That's or amazing. on long road trips, we have it in the back of the truck and we can pull that it out. Is, that is so, a partner for life. Yeah, so right there. you definitely... That's love. Yeah, yeah That's right. love. With Crohn's, you have to get comfortable with um, awkward topics and awkward conversations. And that was something that was hard for me when I got diagnosed was I need to have some hard conversations with people about this is what I have and this is what comes with it as well. Mm-hmm. And for me to find um, Bennett who supports that and um, loves that about me and embraces it and is like, yep, I'm here for the ride. What do I need to do to help? Like, is just awesome. He does a lot of TikTok dances to help. Yes. I've noticed that. (laughs) Yeah, because I know some girls that they're scared to get out there in the dating world because it's like scary to find a place to go on a date. Like sometimes you don't want to go for a walk Mm. on a date because what if there's no washrooms around? Like Mm. I have to specifically go to places that I know has a washroom so that I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. or else I will have anxiety the whole time I'm there. Which causes stress. Yes. Which causes flares. Yes. Which guarantees the outcome. Yes. Ooh. 
So trying to come to terms with that new anxiety at the beginning must have been Mm -hmm. really tough. Like how did, Mm -hmm. how do you navigate that? So you come out of the the hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you have Crohn's and you're like, okay, now I need to deal with this. I've been dealing with IBS, but this is, this makes more sense. Did that change the dynamic of how you dealt with it? Or did Mm -hmm. you just treat it the same way as you did IBS before? Like how did, and Mm -hmm. were you more anxious knowing it was Crohn's? Like how did that work? Yeah, I think I was more anxious when I started feeling pains coming on. Mm. So I was like, what's going to happen to my body now? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a huge psychological switch where you go into fight or flight and you go, you get this huge fear, mm-hmm. um, which brings on anxiety, your fear, and you can slip into a depression. Oh, yeah. um, well, and so, I know you had mentioned when we talked before, like it's almost a little bit of PTSD, like it yes, brings up the trauma, trauma of when everything happened. Yeah. Yeah, your body immediately goes to and brings flashback of all these bad things that have happened to you. Um, so dealing with that um, has been difficult. Well, trauma is yeah. also stored in the tissue, right? Like, I mean, like that's yeah. like I, I don't really understand it, but like I hear that from so many people, I just believe it yeah. now. Like, is that how religion starts? <laughs> um, but like, yeah. so it totally makes sense that like yeah. it's gonna cycle like that. How mm-hmm. do you? So how do you deal with that? How do you? How do you like? Yeah dismantle that in a moment mm-hmm. when that comes up yeah. especially at like the most inopportune times because that's when it's going to and happen. then also coupled with like man i need to shit really bad like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like now you have to try to calm yourself while needed to like i can't yeah. imagine but but so like what kind of coping mechanisms have you mm-hmm. developed in in like those moments because i think that's really transferable to anybody that's listening yeah. as well mm-hmm. right like because like we yeah. all have stress i mean like again we're mm-hmm. i don't know if like whenever you're like the listener is listening to this or the viewer is watching this i hope we're past everything that's going on in the world right now yeah. um and on to worse things because you know that's what happens yeah kidding better things but what kind of takeaways have you developed um mm-hmm. from this like to, to get yourself like back to like like back into your window of tolerance yeah so i think i'm actually still learning that okay i don't think i have mastered it yet will i ever master it i don't know yes um, i believe in you i think for with my anxiety or the stress cooking is a huge outlet for me yeah because if i know i'm feeling my body with the foods that my body likes and can digest well mm-hmm. um I feel more calm if I've ate something that I know might upset my stomach that will bring on my anxiety. So food and cooking um, and being educated around food really helps with um, my stress. Being out in nature is a huge thing for me Um, that can help me, uh, whether that's just going for a little drive or just a nice little view. of the mountains or just just looking outside and just regrounding myself um that's usually helpful as well but Mm. i don't think i have a solid answer for that yet and that's something that i'm still figuring out self it's like self-control in terms of not Mm self-control that's the wrong term but like having that um control over like a situation where you like that it's it's maybe it's an imperfect coping mechanism Mm -hmm. because you know like we have to be okay with not being in control. Mm -hmm. But in this kind of a situation, it sounds like that is a really good one. And I've heard from like therapists that in 
circumstances of PTSD and of uh, yeah. trauma, an imperfect coping mechanism is better than no coping mechanism. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And then getting into nature, we've talked about it before, actually, in one of our other podcasts, that being in nature actually is like really soothing mm-hmm. to any human, mm-hmm. right? So that's really cool too that you've discovered yeah. that on your like you didn't need the science like, yeah. and, and I'm assuming you listen to all of our podcasts of but maybe you just forgot about that one <laughs> of course I do um, but th- 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 those yeah. are really legitimate like those yeah. are big things mm-hmm. um, I can fully like relate to the idea of like being in control of food mm-hmm. um, and having cooking be like okay well I know what's going on I'm happy to like make my mm-hmm. x y and z cooking ball sport comment i i don't know why i sound like i'm terrible at everything right now um but yeah like that's that's good yeah. that's good right mm-hmm. so no you you were like yeah. those are great you're, yeah. you're doing great like mm-hmm. keep it up well i know cooking for you is super creative now and it's yeah. kind of that well, you, opportunity to take the foods that maybe wouldn't usually agree mm-hmm. with you and now you can make like make your own versions of yes. those that help you feel good. And I like yeah. I see when you post that kind of stuff and I love seeing all your And that's what I was going to say is you yeah. mentioned earlier about like your Instagram and like yeah. doing like an Instagram cooking mm-hmm. show. I don't know what you said. I just post fun recipes. <laughs> okay. With snacking with yes. Lou so, or snacks. And... Snacks with Lou. That's yep. adorable. Yes. Snacking with Lou. Yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious. So what's been your most favorite thing that you've posted recently or Ooh. not posted, but something that's really fun and creative that you've developed? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I definitely like pastas. I think a lot of the time I don't fully create my own dish. I look at what other people are creating and then maybe put a little bit of twist of how I would like it. I mean, that's creating. Yeah. That's, nothing yeah. is original in the human experience, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think my favorite is from, I kind of stole it from Bennett's mom when we visited her a while ago, but it's since we're Italian and I love pasta it's just a simple pasta with an olive oil based and some leeks and mushrooms oh, and yeah seasoning <laughs> and now my aunt likes to make it all the time and so that's probably one of um my favorites really simple mm-hmm. quick and easy and cool. so yeah. what kind of things have you had to cut out then because yeah, like that to was me, my next so, question yeah because like, like i was gonna I'm say no like, like if, if d just said like you're like making yeah, stuff yeah um Please, yeah. please speak into the microphone, D. What's happening? There we go. Now, is it is it racist if you do it? No. Okay, perfect. Um, she's part Italian. Just, just yes. It's okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, so like, what things are out? Okay, so it's different for everyone, and but for I'm, you, yeah. For me, I'm even still figuring that out. Okay. Um, I've I'm still playing around with my foods. Um, but the main ones are deep fried foods Mm. does not sit well. Um, I limit my dairy. Um, I'll do more lactose free, more types goats, cheese. Mm. Um, uh, trying to, there's so many things. Sugar Mm. is a huge one. Like what Um, all sugar or just like high fructose corn syrup or added sugar, So like added sugar, um, like any type of like candy or like fruits where it's more of a natural, even though I have to be more careful with not eating too much fruit um so like a lot of like baked goods um candy any of that type of stuff i need to stay away from um those are the main things i limit my red meat i would only usually have it about 
once a week. Um, I need to bring more fish into my diet, and that's been something that... Are you um, like Dee? Do you I'm hate a, fish? Yes. And so... <laughs> family trait. It's a family um, trait. I yeah. try to do it every once in a while. You're completely have, against Italian like culture, by the way, because <laughs> no. they eat fish. Yeah. But like, have you ever sheep. tried putting buttercream on your shrimp? <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I'd like that. No, it was I shrimp buttercream. It was shrimp. Yeah. It's it's buttercream infused with shrimp because Dee loves buttercream. Yeah. Uh, have you ever tried that? No. Oh, I unfortunate. Huh. I like buttercream, not shrimp. Not shrimp. Not shrimp. So I'll do shrimp, but... People who are listening, this is a very long-standing joke that me and Cam have developed with Dee <laughs> because she said she hates seafood, and then but she loves buttercream. So then we said, what about shrimp and buttercream? And we just no, keep bringing it back, and she still hates it after no. all this it's time. Gonna, one day it's going to get to a point where we're going like to do a whole video make it. Of, of her trying, trying it because <laughs> she just wants to like settle it and be done with it forever. That would be an awesome yeah. video. Right? Do it for the viewers, Diana. <laughs> shrimp buttercream you know, tasting? Yeah. I don't think the so. The podcast oh guest can't be wrong. I will I will pay you. How much will you pay me? How much would it take How, in dollar form? How mu- Three million dollars. Oh, come on. Now eat your shrimp buttercream. No, it can, it's going to be less than that. <laughs> That's my I, price. Yeah, That's my price. 300 firm. <laughs> 300 firm dollars? Yeah. Okay, so no shrimp yeah. buttercream for you. Not, no. Okay. Um, what about gluten? Because I remember like years ago yes. you had a gluten thing going yeah. on. Is that still a thing? Or right is that, like, now a, a I've cut back? gluten just to see. Um, yeah. That's one that I'm unsure of. Um, so... When I eat food, I really try to stay away from foods that have lots of fillers in them. Yeah, fair. So a lot of the time for my bread, double zero flour sits a lot better in my stomach or like a rye or a sprouted grain. Mm. Um, I try to focus it's more. it's already digested. It's already broken down. Yeah, so sorry. I try to um, focus on that. Mm. Um, and so really I just eat whole foods. That's what I try to stick with. Clean, yeah. whole foods. Because uh, a lot of times people are like, how do you eat? What do you eat? I'm like, I don't know. Just food. Food. Like whole foods. <laughs> like, real things. Um, real things. Like when I go to a grocery store, I try to stick to like the outside. When you go to a grocery store, is it whole foods? Like vegetables and fruit. No, but I mean, is it like like whole foods? No. Yes. I don't know. There's like, no Whole Foods in, in Langley. There's no Whole Foods. Oh, you're talking about the actual grocery yeah. store. I, like, that's, it's confusing because you keep saying I go like I'm getting Whole Foods and it's like, are you going to the store called Whole Foods? Take a second. Uh, no, no, just. Yeah. So and <laughs> no, just Whole yeah. Foods. <laughs> Organic. I try. I try to. Yeah. Um, for it's called like the dirty vegetables they'll call them so there's certain vegetables that i do want to try and stick to organic um because of the pesticides um on some of them so and another thing um for me is alcohol as well that's a very triggering um Mm -hmm. thing so lots or little um i (laughs) need little to none ah okay gotcha (laughs) Um, gotcha uh like sulfites Little things like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So if I do buy packaged, I do have to always read the ingredients to mm-hmm. see what's in them. Um, so it's yeah. Shopping it's overwhelming. And it can be very overwhelming for people. But know that you can do it. You yeah. can. But I mean, that's also, it's just, again, it's like a it's, learning experience. Yes. And it's also like, like. It's baby steps. It's also, again, that idea of control, right? Like, like yeah. when you go to the store and you're looking at these things and you're going yes to this because it meets my parameters no to this because it doesn't meet my parameters that is you taking back a sense of control and again even if it's 
at the beginning, like, I mean, a lot of people turn into monsters with that stuff, right? Like, they kind of, like, yeah. get that head of steam on them about, like, how much control, like, they're going to have around their life. Mm-hmm. And then you're showing up at restaurants with, like, your own menu and handing it to the yeah. chef saying, like, you're going to make this for yeah. me. Yes. Um, like, even then, it's still at least a way of you gaining that. So that's that's yeah. good. that's empowering. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, till it's till it's not till Bennett yeah. is like you know like at his wits end with it. But like, yeah. um, you know, or you're at your wits end. Even yeah. more importantly, but yeah, that, that's cool. Like yeah. that's good for you. Yeah, that's that actually brings up an interesting question uh, for me. What's not ex- interesting for everybody else? <laughs> for, no, it won't be. For, it won't you know be what? Never mind. I'm just not. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's it like going to a restaurant for you? Yeah. He he mentioned that, you know, here's my list of concerns to the chef. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is my problem. Mm-hmm. Please make me some food. I, I'm assuming it's not like that because that would be very weird. But how, what's your experience like when you go to a restaurant? Mm-hmm. Is it like asking everything that's it? I think I'm interested yeah. in this. Can you tell me absolutely everything yep. that's in it? So I'm one of those people, I'm sure you've seen memes about it where they look at the menu before they go. Um, always. So yeah, always look at the menu before <laughs> I, I go. And I I'll, do that anyway. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's, it's a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, but, but Cam's allergic to quite a few things. We'll stop it. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about me, we're talking about you. So I think, Cam, you can understand, you probably have your go-to places that you know can like meet your dietary needs. So usually I just stick to those places and my friends are always like, hey Luca, where can you go? And I'm like, oh, I can oh, go no. here. You get the work. And you I go. get the oh, no. to be the those, one those that are decides. Good people, though. I feel like we do but this to Cam too. I get that because all the time I'm like, well, I don't want to decide, but I'm like, no, I get it because then they're gonna pick a place and be like, well, I can't eat there. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, if I can't eat there, then I need to decide where to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I research places. So a lot of the places that I go to have great menus already that I can eat off of. I really like to support like local restaurants and go to a lot of the restaurants that are farm to table. Mm. Um, Ooh, like where? Um, one place that I really like in Fort Langley is Saba. Mm. Yeah. Um, their whole experience is farm to table and they support all the local farmers um, in the area. Mm. So that's usually my go-to place um, to get things. And honestly, with like now, it's 2022, a lot of uh, restaurants are really good with um, changing up certain plates or dishes because of dietary restrictions. Yeah, You know, I've actually, like I'm going to weigh in on this yeah. um, because... I'm going to agree, and then I'm going to disagree. I've seen more no substitutions lately. Because food is getting harder to get right now. Yes, that is true. And I've seen a lot of places that were like staples have changed their menus, Mm -hmm. have changed Staples has changed their menu? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, staples? (laughs) Staples for my experience (laughs) in terms of visiting a restaurant. Um but they've like, but like where they've like changed menu, mm-hmm. they've changed suppliers, the quality of the food has changed. And I'm not trying to put like shit on them for, for that because this is a really horrible time if you're in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, like never knowing when the next shutdown is coming, never knowing yeah. like, you know, and like all of the prices like were like highest inflation since like the mm-hmm. 70s or whatever. Like, let's get this shit under control, everybody. But beyond that. Um, it like it, it changes my expectations at least for like what can happen, and so it does become one of those like things where you're like, okay, so I I, I have to go back and ask, like mm-hmm. I can't just trust 
that this place is as yeah. it was. I have to go back and ask the same basic questions again. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, are you guys like, so the Dopio Zero Flower, a lot of the places that use Dopio Zero Flower are bringing in domestic flour. And that's mm-hmm. a big no, right? So I have to ask those questions. And it's like, hey, I know you guys used to use Dopio Zero Flour, but do you still use Dopio yep. Zero Flour? Do you know? Can you check? Can yep. you please go check? Uh, like mm, my gut's telling me you didn't go check because I decided you go to the yep. bar and then come back to me. I so, feel like, you. I've been mm, through that. <laughs> like, can you bring me a fucking bag of flour so I can read it for myself? <laughs> can That'd you be show great. Me? Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, I, I, I had, get that. Yeah, I had a recent experience with that at uh, at a restaurant I'm not going to name, um, where like it was like yes, 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 and then it was like oh, actually no. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was from the proprietor of the restaurant. And I was After pretty, <laughs> I was pretty pissed, right? Like yeah. I was pretty like, dude, that's that's party foul, the full party foul. So, yeah, yeah like it's it's one of those things. It's, it's great yeah. that you have your your restaurant, but I'm just saying, don't trust anybody ever yeah. about anything. <laughs> You're screwed. <laughs> you lost, you lost. And I think that's where when I made my snacking with Lou pages, I like wanted because like. When you're live, I want to still eat yummy things. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't want to just cut that out. That's not healthy. Um, and that's kind of when you crave it more is when yeah. you completely cut it I out. I just instantly yeah. thought of like in the Matrix when they serve them that goop, and it's like it's for sustenance. <laughs> this is all you get now. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I like making more of a healthier in quotation marks like cinnamon buns, but something that would be better so like I would substitute for like coconut sugar mm-hmm. um stuff like that so that's where I kind of play around and make things like and that you made some good desserts was it like I make some awesome gluten-free donuts I'm in um I'm interested yeah. Yes, I can make them for you. Can you mail them so. to me? I'm not coming up to Langley. Just drop them off. I'll, give them to I'll, I'll, I'll go pick them up for you. Those things have to be fresh because it's be like, gluten-free. So. It's going to so. be like three weeks before I get them if you pick them up. No, mail them to me. That's faster. <laughs> the mail is not faster. The mail things. is not faster. Maybe if like you like if if you get it to you, you get it to you, then I'll get it like real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's possible. That that's a like, good uh, team effort. Is right this there. like a cinnamon bun train? Is that what we're talking? Well, about? and it's, no, it's funny that it's out. actually like in in the order of the people that are like sitting like this. How that's convenient. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so moving now on. Now with all of this, uh, I mean, we've just kind of gone through this like life story of your last yes. five or so very years. long. So what would you say are the big things that you have come away with and now how do you move forward? Mm -hmm. So with moving forward, we're still figuring stuff out. I'm starting my third, a new medication actually next week. So I'll be my third medication. Wait, there's medication for Crohn's? Yes, there is. What does it do? Um, It will help slow down um, your immune system to so that it doesn't attack your gut okay um so that is when you become immunocompromised because your immune system isn't as strong and can't fight off things as easily so there's different um types so i'll be doing a biologic which is an infusion um so i get that every eight weeks green tea infusion i don't understand an iv infusion Ah, so yeah i think what i've learned most about from all of this is just being sensitive to others, um, being more confident in being able to advocate for myself, uh, to listen to my body. Um, cause if it's telling me something 
and to know that there is support out there and there's people who will listen and to know that you're not alone. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And Luca will listen. Luca yes. is here for you. Yep, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're not alone and it can be a very overwhelming and a very scary thing, especially with the mental health aspect of it and the lifestyle aspect. And that's not just with Crohn's, it's with any type of diagnosis mm. um, that you can get. Mm -hmm. It can be scarier, any type of maybe little change that you need to make um, in your diet or um, changes that you want to make with working out. Like it can all be so scary. And I think for me, for getting back to working out, that was really important because that's another thing with dealing with stress um, and breathing bringing breathing into yeah. my lifestyle. Diana always- Luca knows we like to talk about yes, breathing. Yes, always. And that is something that I need to bring in because like your gut is where your emotions are. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the scary thing sometimes with working out is I can speak from experiences. You feel like you need to get to a certain point mm. before you can contact this trainer or contact this gym because you're not ready. When someone told me, no, like you don't need to get to a certain point. Like we are going to meet you where you're at. Wow. And that sounds familiar. That sounds like D. <laughs> that sounds exactly like D. <laughs> and so that is really resonated is, me and really stuck with me. And is there I, a reason why you're not name dropping D or three wave? Is that like, is there... <laughs> it wasn't her, was it? Was it, it actually wasn't Diana. <laughs> Dang it. But Diana always says very her. encouraging things to us all the time. That this motivates us. This whole part us. will be cut and it'll make it sound like it was Diana. So <laughs> it's fine. It was Mag Diana. Magic of editing. It's it fine. was Diana. <laughs> but no, Diana is always so encouraging. <laughs> The breathing thing is true. She yes, does. Yes, I'm on you for the And breathing. she did help me Ugh. with my breathing. Yes. But you couldn't no, I, breathe I think before? that's a really important point you raised, though. Like, so many people, whether it is with, you know, overcoming a, um, like yeah. a chronic condition they're dealing with or disability or starting an exercise, not that any of those are the same thing, but, like, it's always, okay, well, I just have to wait till this and then I can do it. Mm -hmm. But it is really hard to take those steps and the fact that you can sort of say that out loud and say like no I can start doing this and find someone to support me where I'm at yeah. right now like I can mm -hmm. start moving I can start yeah. exercising that's mm -hmm. huge and like you said just finding the right people to support you yeah right and yeah. vetting those people because yes. more stress does not help as yeah. you've mentioned exactly and to not make that your identity because it is a part of you but it's not who you are mm -hmm. so I am Luca I am strong I am beautiful i'm all these things so it's important to kind of have that mont ma is it mantra mantra, mantra? whatever mantra? depends whatever on whether you're like it could it. be yeah. mantra so if you want it to me, and i even have it on my background on my phone is that i am a warrior and that is something that has really gotten me through this whole process and my mom sent me that when i was in the hospital and i was like nope this is what i am making like gonna make base my life around is that I am yeah. a warrior and so yeah it can be really um, discouraging at times when you want to be at a certain level of fitness um, mm -hmm. and I you need to take a step back and be like no it's okay that I'm not there I will get there one day maybe I never will and it's okay to take rest days it's mm -hmm. okay if you know what I woke up 
and my body is not where it's at to do a hard workout, so let's do something lighter or let's just take a rest day today. That is okay and to not feel guilty about that because mm. sometimes you don't want to push yourself too hard mm. and then you're going to take too many steps backwards. Yeah, so. then you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a lot in the collective consciousness right now. It's like, to, like a lot of people are waking up to the idea of being able to take those rest days. You know, mm-hmm. like, like it's okay to feel shitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And like we as a society are so against that. I mean, like that's why it's like so insanely revolutionary that we've only gotten paid Mm -hmm. sick days as a guarantee because it's like that's been eroded for work like Mm -hmm. you know like before covid like you know you'd work you'd have like the sniffles and you'd be like nope still going to work you wouldn't even think about Mm -hmm. it like you wouldn't even contemplate it right exactly and we would go to work have the sniffles get everybody else in the office sick and nobody thought about it Mm -mm. you know but now you know, like people are starting to come around to that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear you advocating for that. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry that you've had to go through <laughs> so much, but yeah. what good like advice to the general mm-hmm. public, like yeah. listen to yourself, like mm-hmm. get that connection, mm-hmm. turn inside and have that time with yourself to get mm-hmm. to know yeah. the temple that you exist within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Good. Yes. And I'm a person like I can watch TV for two hours. I can definitely go do breathing for 10 minutes so <laughs> easier said than done though I know, I know that that's easier said exactly than done. and that's why I tell someone like well why can I just sit down and watch tv for 15 minutes no let's do it while I'm watching tv or yeah. doing this for something that is really going to help myself mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah but that's a routine thing and that takes baby steps I know baby and steps. that's where and I think one breath at a time yeah you don't want to take on too much yeah so smart goals right so mm-hmm. make sure they're attainable reachable and then hopefully there's no failure and if there is failure that's okay oh well you just but failure is not a bad word it's not a swear no. word right yeah no. it's not fuck is a swear word yes failure is not a swear word i like it <laughs> but they both start with f they do <laughs> they do yeah there's a lot of words that start with f, f actually jess mm. like flatulence like football that you don't know how to play I know how to play football. <laughs> I just don't know how to play football. He doesn't know basketball. No. I, which is weird because I grew mm-hmm. up with a basketball court. Like I can like definitely oh, I make. I said I grew up with a basketball. I'm like, what? Like Castaway? Like basket? <laughs> Bas- <laughs> its name is Basket? No, it would be Spalding. Seriously, like Chess, why, why would I name a basketball Basket? Was its last name just, Ball? Spalding I, just, or... I just pictured you yelling at a basketball when you were a kid. This is a really funny image in my head. I feel like you just had a really bad experience. I've never been a child. I've always been this age. With basketball. And that's why he's Maybe. just decided to just... You know, just put it aside. No, it was, it was put like... Put it aside. I, I had a basketball... Uh, um, what do you call it? Net? Hoop. Hoop. Um, and uh, like when I was a kid, like, well, like early teens, uh, my friends would come over and we'd play like death basketball where mm-hmm. it was like basically wrestling uh, yes. mixed with death basketball wasn't like that no it was it was the dumbest thing i broke a finger by getting it locked in a chain link fence <laughs> and then had like somebody hitting me and like me twisting don't yeah Painful. no that's not it's not a sport it's not it's not gonna catch on but anyway sorry moving on uh no i never had a basketball that i grew up with um i don't even remember what <laughs> we were talking basket. about now no. named basket i had a pogo ball do you remember those? No. It was a, a long ball with a disc around it. So you would squeeze the ball between your feet. Between your feet. Well, I know. Stand, I'm like, I'm looking at you, Cam. Like, what the, is like, she talking rim about? around it and you would hop on it. 
and it was a oh, pogo I do, ball. No, Google I do, it. I, I pogo do ball. I do. Somebody, pogo somebody ball. I knew had one of yeah. these, and it Late was, 80s, but it was like it was like 90s. it was like the ball. It wasn't a ball. It was like a noop, and then it was like a noop, yeah. and then it was like a. <laughs> and it, had, it was like a weird <laughs> Saturn. <laughs> totally. I think I remember. But it was like yeah, a figure. Like the ball remember. was like a figure yes. eight. Well, I don't remember. I have no idea. No, because you're nine years old. For many years, probably. I'm not the youngest person. Years later. Yeah. That's hilarious. The ball. Yeah. Well, aside from the Pokeball, <laughs> mm. um, your story is absolutely incredible and inspirational. You think the Pokeball was incredible? Why, why are you no. still talking about the Pokeball? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I've learned so much from you. Mm-hmm. Actually, it really resonates. I know somebody who might be struggling with mm-hmm. the same thing as you. So I've mm-hmm. just learned a lot um, mm-hmm. about that side of the experience and how to have empathy mm-hmm. for people who might be going through what mm-hmm. you've gone through. And I just really want to thank you for coming today. It's yeah. been thank you. absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, th- I think you're crushing it. I think you're doing awesome. Thank you. Like, you know, it's nice to hear that. For somebody that's like claims to be only like two years into the journey, you have like so much wisdom mm-hmm. around this. Thank you. Otherwise, like, why would we bring you on a podcast? <laughs> right? Like, you ain't that interesting. <laughs> uh, Not as interesting as yeah. this guy with basket. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I do want to thank you guys as well for having me on here because this was so exciting for me. And I think it's really cool to talk about like an autoimmune because there's so many different types of autoimmune out, immunes out there and um, they're not talked about very much. Um, and they're invisible. And they're invisible. And you don't actually know what pain is going on inside because you can't see it. So I think it's just something that needs to be talked about more so more people feel comfortable um, talking about it and yeah. can feel more comfortable um, going about their day-to-day life um, mm-hmm. and not being so scared to go and do things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate that. And you're and a very strong advocate because you don't like you. shy away from anything. Like you mm-hmm. even had like toilet talk, like yeah. of your own you volition. Like you just, <laughs> yeah. you were there yeah. and that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Perfect. You got to. It's so lovely that, that you're creating this platform for other people to feel safe, just like other people Thank have you. helped you feel safe. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, so social media that people can find yeah. you at. Ooh, it's at snacking with Lou. And I just want to say this summer is the gutsy walk. Um, I'll share, I don't know the exact date, but that's where they do a walk for Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Um, Diana did it last year and they raise money um, to support research that goes into finding different types of medications um, that help people struggling with uh, Crohn's and colitis. And it helps, um, give grants to doctors or researchers and it also just supports a lot of people who are struggling um so yeah that's a really fun thing in the summer yes thank you awesome well uh this wraps up this episode this episode (laughs) i'm I'm still on about i'm still on about i just looked at you and i just remembered the whole thing about you like a ball named basket (laughs) (sighs) oh my gosh uh so yes Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for putting Thank up you. with all of our shenanigans. It's fun. You guys are so much fun. And um, I think what you guys do with Three va- Wave is absolutely amazing. And it's sounded, so cool. You sounded like Nona right there. Three Wave. Three Wave. <laughs> Three Wave. A little bit of a tongue twister, kind of. But no, it's awesome. I think it's cool. And you guys are so much fun. Well, thank so. you. And, uh, you know, we... Uh, thank all the listeners and viewers for checking us out. Um, if you have any questions about anything 
fitness or health related, don't hesitate to send them to us. Uh, I possibly won't be answering any of the questions about sports from like now on forever. <laughs> I do know things about sports like baseball. There's bases and balls. I mean, like how much more do you need to know? Uh, that's in basketball, right? Basketball. Uh, yeah, right. I've heard that. Uh, anyway, balls and hoops, we, balls and hoops. So we're going to go. Uh, thank you. Uh, this has been wave talks, fitness for humans. You've been awesome. You've put up with this, this, that, that for so long and gotten so much from Luca. So check out our other podcasts again, get a hold of us. If you need anything, we'll see you next time.